Good evening, everyone. This is episode five of the Welcome to the Jungle podcast. It is Easter Sunday. Uh, COVID-19 has definitely made things different from ever, for everyone. Normally, I travel back uh, to the East Coast, to Maryland, to see family and everything else like that. And it's, like I said, it's made a change. I ended up staying home um, here in Columbus. So let's get ready to dive right in. I'm excited. I mean, the Bengals, they stayed true and they stuck to their word. They spent money in free agency. And I think that was pretty much a requirement of Joe Burrow if he wanted to come to Cincinnati. You know, if he was going to go. If not, he would have probably forced the trade and said, Mike Brown, uh, go fly a kite. So <clears throat> it's good to talk with you guys. Like everybody has time. And I mean, I, it, it's it's a weird time, but an exciting time to talk football, free agency. And really, we're only about 11 days away from the NFL draft. You're starting to hear a lot of rumors. So let's get ready to dive right in. So starting off, I think the free agency signing for the Bengals that everybody should be excited about. Um, it, it was it was party time. It, I mean, it, it just said it said to you as a Bengals fan, this is definitely what they were preaching last year with that slogan. It actually came to fruition with free agency 2020 with the signing of DJ Reader. So DJ Reader agreed to a four-year, $53 million contract. And what that means, uh, Bengals fans and Bengals all uh, across the country, is it fortifies the defensive line. It gives the Bengals a run stuffer, which they so desperately need. And then it also gives you a guy who can not only just stop the run, but can also may not get you the sacks. But a key thing that a nose tackle does in a 4-3 scheme, a 4-3 defense, or even with this, this hybrid defense where Lou Anarama only has two linebackers, the key is the nose tackle can push the pocket, okay, and command the double team where, say, the center and the guard are occupied by your nose tackle, which frees up a Geno Atkins, uh, a Sam Hubbard on the end, or Carlos Dunlap to single covers to where they should be able to, to beat their man and, and really cause corruption in the, and, and, and chaos in the backfield getting to quarterbacks, so opposing quarterbacks. Because the Bengals were, I think, what were they ranked? Like about 27th in the league uh, per run defense, maybe even lower than that. They had to make a change there. And then just generating consistent pressure, uh, getting to the quarterback. This pays dividends um, for your defensive ends to get single coverage, man on man, to be able to get to the quarterback. So they won't have to face a double team. So that that's huge. And I, I've reiterated that from probably episode four. And just moving down the line, you take a look at a guy like Trey Waynes, a sure-handed tackler, someone something that you have to be able to do in a Mike Zimmer defense coming over from Minnesota. He's solid in coverage. Ball skills, not that great because he didn't have a lot of interceptions, but he's not going to hurt you with costly pass interference, P.I. penalties. And that's something that Drake Kirkpatrick did a lot of 
And, you know, Drake or Patrick, I respect him. He he was a, a great professional, but he just, at the wrong time, costly penalties, something that you just, you just can't have if you want to play winning football. All right? So that's who... Uh, Trey Waynes is stepping in for is for Drake or Patrick and just keep that in mind. And and the Bengals did a lot of things in free agency. I think a lot of to basically replace what they let walk out the door or either they cut uh, via free agency. Okay. And then you have another uh, offensive lineman by the name of Xavier Suafilo. Uh, I think he'll be a good rotational player. To play uh, guard, uh, potentially right guard, and he would basically replace maybe John Miller. And we'll see, just being that Suofilo, you kind of don't understand it from what the Bengals were doing. You probably maybe got him more at a affordable price, but he's only played 11 games in the past two seasons. So I think, you know, like they say, health is wealth. And the best abil- the best availability is durability. And we've got to see if Xavier Suofilo, he can be healthy. Because, I mean, for you to bring him in, he, he's going to have to play some, some meaningful minutes. So we'll see how that actually works out. All right, Bangladesh, I'm back for part two. And that was just a quick interlude just to give you that uh, quick commercial. And just moving right along to the cornerback and free agency edition of Mackenzie Alexander. And here's another cornerback that ventured over from Minnesota and playing for Mike Zimmer. And the one thing we do know is that Mike Zimmer has a aggressive style where he wants to basically make the offense react to what the defense is doing. And he has to have a secondary that are ball hawks and are willing to tackle because he sends his corners and his safeties from multiple areas to blitz the quarterback. And I think Mackenzie Alexander, he's a guy who will, with the loss of Darquez Denard in the slot, he's there to, to replace him. He's on a one-year prove-it deal for only $4 million, which which really doesn't hurt the Bengals against the salary cap. A great addition. And his ball skills, on-ball skills, are, are excellent when covering receivers. So I think this is a, uh, it might be even an, an upgrade over Darquez Denard. And just being that Darquez, that deal didn't go right with Jacksonville, hey, you never know if he might want to come back and take a hometown discount. Maybe Denard's in the fold as well. We'll actually, you know, we'll see. And then linebacker is a, a glaring hole that we have with the Bengals. Right now, all you have is Jermaine Pratt that I would say is starting material uh, just across the board in the NFL. And the Bengals, they did something that was, I mean, it was it was a key. And, I mean, very important, picking up Josh Bynes. And even better, picking somebody within the division from a rival team within the Baltimore Ravens to weaken their roster and make them have to go and draft another linebacker because – some of the strengths of Josh Bynes was actually coverage where the Bengals are actually weak uh, and, and they have problems covering tight ends. It's, I mean, this has been an issue going on for years. So this is definitely a great addition 
for what a, a minimal contract at that. So if it doesn't work out, the Bengals can move on. But I, I think this will be a key addition with a veteran who's 30 years old, who's played out in a winning organization that can really help the Bengals. And then just moving along, and I love this addition of free agency, as the Bengals continue to upgrade the defense along the front seven, um, in the middle, when you're talking linebacker, and then on the back end, this is Von Bell. Now, I do remember, I, 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 hate, to, I hate to break it to you guys, I'm a huge Buckeyes fan, and Von Bell, I can remember him being recruited. He was a five-star I believe, out of uh, Tennessee. And, you know, some of those, uh, those the athletes out of the South, you know, they, they come with a lot of, of parade and, and celebration. And I can remember, and he produced for the Buckeyes. I do believe Von Bell was on that national championship team, and he just has a great winning pedigree. He went down there to the Saints, for uh, I think what his first four years had a pretty good uh, pretty good career down there and with the Saints and I think the key thing that the Bengals are doing is they're getting free agents where they're just getting ready to enter their prime say after their rookie deals you know where they're they're getting ready to go into their prime versus getting guys who a lot of them are maybe say per se thirty and up and getting ready to go on the decline of their career. So this is very important. And Von Bell, is he's a, a ball hawk, can get from sideline to sideline, can play the coverage, can come up and hit. And I think if you pair him with the Jesse Bates, oh, man, you're talking about two of the best ball hawking safeties. And we haven't seen the likes of this in Cincinnati till, and, and I still don't understand it, till they let uh, Reggie Nelson go and free agency to the uh, Raiders. So this is a great addition for the Bengals. And then just moving right along, the Bengals have really, in free agency, they've addressed the defensive uh, side of the ball, and now the offense still needs to be addressed, along with, if you move back to defense, I'd say linebacker is still a, a glaring hole. Even though... Predominantly, the Bengals run like a, a 4 2 uh, 5, I believe, with Luana Ramo. But even with that, you know, for depth purposes, you, you still need to bring in a young linebacker who can potentially be a, the starter for years to come down the road. Okay, so let's go ahead and just look at some of these prospects, being that the draft is basically about two weeks away, give or take. And so looking at offensive tackles, some of the prospects, and let me just break it down for you. Um, we do have Jonah Williams coming back uh, that the Bengals drafted previously in the year before from Alabama. He's supposed to be slotted at the starting left tackle, and I just hope that he works out. But at the right tackle, Bobby Hart, I think he scares all of Bengals fans. He's a He's a uh, offsides or, or uh, a penalty false start, I should say, a false start waiting to happen where, he, you know, just concentration and not watching the, the snap count or listening to it or watching the ball. We have issues with that and some, some tackles maybe to, to be an upgrade and be that replacement. 
leave Alabama alone. And folks will say, well, you, there you go, hating on Alabama again. But I just say the prospects that the Bengals have drafted from Alabama, they seem to always be able to draft well from, per se, Auburn. We've had the likes of uh, Willie Anderson, guys like that, uh, Rudy Johnson. But the other school in Alabama, we just have not done well. Some may say Andre Smith was great. I think he was serviceable. He wasn't Hall of Fame uh, calendar by any sorts. Drake Kirkpatrick, he was decent, but nothing to write home about. So I say, you know, after Jonah Williams, stick to what has really worked well for you. I think I think Willie Anderson from Auburn and and playing for the Bengals. I think he's definitely he's definitely a Hall of Fame uh, candidate. So. I'm looking at an Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Those are guys, I, I just look at their offensive line. Andrew Thomas and just Georgia's offensive line from this past season, man, they were impressive and they're massive. And I think that would be a great addition to help keep Joe Burrow upright and to protect him and for Andy Dalton if Andy Dalton starts at the beginning of the year or so on until Joe is ready to take over at the uh, quarterback position. You got another name I like and coming right out of Auburn where the Bengals have done well on the offensive line, uh, uh, Jack Driscoll. Um, and then going back to Georgia, man, they, they, they've got some prospects. Isaiah Wilson, and I'll go right up I-71, right up here in Columbus where I'm at uh, Brandon Bowen with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay. And then just moving right along, linebacker, which is still a glaring need for the Bengals. This is a, a key position. I think after the first round, after they take Joe Burrow, uh, and the Bengals pretty much draft, being they had the worst record, they draft at the top of each round. I'm looking at if any of these linebackers fall to them at the, the beginning of the second round, you have, to, you have to make a move and take them. And that starts with, in no particular order, which one ever, whichever one's available at linebacker, excuse me, uh, Wisconsin's Zach Bond, Oklahoma's Kenneth Murray, which I, I, I just really like, is just a, a real athlete that can just get sideline to sideline. Uh, LSU's Patrick Queen, I really hope he would fall to the Bengals. So that, those are your options at linebacker. Either one of those, and, and I'm happy, and I feel like the Bengals have won the draft. And then you still need to sprinkle in some youth at the wide receiver position, just being that A.J. Green, he has been, um, uh, how can I say, well, I'll just be honest, very injury prone these past, uh, this past year and a half, couple seasons. So you definitely want to have that successor. And here's a couple names that I look at right now, um, uh, Michael Pittman, Junior USC, very physical guy, kind of could maybe maybe compare him to the likes of maybe a Michael Thomas down there at New Orleans, came up uh, out of uh, I-71 North up here at The Ohio State University. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk out at Arizona State, he's really moving up the draft boards. I kind of like him, and he kind of reminds me of – I don't know, a mixture of a Des Bryant, 
Um, a little bit of Tyler Boyd. He, he's got a great mixture about him. Then we look at a Denzel Mims from Baylor. He's a, another name. He's a, he's a burner. He's somebody with great top end speed. And then I think of a all-purpose kind of guy. And you saw him in the Big Ten, and he gave all of the Big Ten uh, problems. A K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. And then a, a sleeper, you know, you need to throw a sleeper in there that maybe, you know, with this wide receiver class being one of the, the most deepest in, year, in previous drafts, you even look at the likes of a Ben Victor from Ohio State where I think his best football is ahead of him where he's a, a lanky, rangy kind of wide receiver, about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, can go up and get it. And the better his routes have gotten, I, I, I just see the potential just unlimitless. Unlim- and I, I just think in the right system, um, you get under the right scheme, and I think he could be very successful. But the draft is right around the corner, Bengals fans. You have to be excited about the front office and how aggressive they were in free agency. And this is the episode five of the Welcome to the Jungle podcast, and it was great talking with you all. Happy Easter, and have a great Sunday evening, and start to the rest of your week.